1: Thank you for joining us today. No doubt about it, God speaks to His children. That gut feeling we sometimes refer to is God speaking to His children through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. When we incline our entire being to Him, we will recognize the different ways He speaks to us. And when He speaks and we obey, He will order each moment of our lives, and we will be blessed and be a blessing beyond human comprehension. Have Bible pen and paper handy.
2: Let's turn our Bibles to Jonah chapter one, verses one, two, and three. Jonah chapter one, verses one, two, and three, and you'll find these words. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I want to preach from this particular passage, God's commission and Jonah's rebellion. God's commission and Jonah's rebellion. Rebellion. Let's look at verse one. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Right here in verse one, we have a word from the Lord to Jonah. A word from the Lord to Jonah. I wonder when was the last time the Lord spoke to you and you knew without a doubt he was speaking to you. My friend, if you cannot hear the Lord speaking, then it is very likely that there is is a spiritual disconnect in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is is it that many who say that they are Christians cannot hear God? Maybe it's because they do not have a personal relationship with him. The scripture says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai. When is the word of the Lord, when has it come to you? Maybe it's because you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Or perhaps you can't hear God speak because there's too much noise in your life, such as technology, television, music, the voices of this world system. Uh, Perhaps you can't hear God speak because you're in a backslidden condition. In other words, you're so far from God that you cannot hear him speak. Or perhaps you cannot hear the voice of God in your life because you have a divided allegiance, a divided allegiance. God is not first in your life. It's God and people, God and money, God and social life, God and technology. You have a divided allegiance. And God says, "Uh, you shall have no other God before me. So since you have other gods in your life, you cannot hear him speak to you. Or uh, maybe you cannot hear the voice of God because your heart, is, your heart and your life is defiled and corrupt. If your heart is corrupt and sinful, you cannot hear the voice of God. Therefore, if you desire to hear the Lord speak to you and hear your prayers, then you must ask him first to cleanse your life. The Lord loves to speak to his children, and he is speaking, but the real question is, Are you listening to God? Look at verse 2, if you will. Verse 2 is God commissions Jonah. Verse 2, God commissions Jonah. Uh, It says in verse 2 Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. God commissions Jonah. As we can see in this verse, God's instructions is always clear. He gave Jonah clear instructions. God's instructions to Jonah was not vague. It was not ambiguous. It was not fuzzy. Uh, The scripture says in verse 2a, Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out, preach out against that wicked city. Jonah was commissioned to go to the city of Nineveh to warn them of impending judgment if they did not turn from their wicked ways. Nineveh was one of the great cities of ancient civilization. It was founded by one of the first dictators of the world, a warrior named Nimrod. In the days of Jonah, the Assyrians were a major military power known as a cruel, violent, and wicked people. God was going to bring imminent judgment upon the Ninevites unless they repented. Thus, the Lord wanted to warn them before it was too late. This was God's purpose for calling Jonah that he might go and preach against that wicked city. Beloved, like Jonah, we too have been commissioned by the Lord to go into all the world to be a witness With the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have been commissioned by God to go in all the world and preach the gospel. To go and make disciples of all nations. And also to serve the Lord in his church. Giving him the best of our efforts. Sadly many Christians have too little. Have too little of a witness. In a dark and decadent corrupt lost world. Where is your witness and where is your service to Christ in the Lord's church. Now, don't be too hard on Jonah because all the Jonas are not gone. Beloved, you have been called and commissioned by the Lord to be a witness in the world, to serve him in this world and in his church, to give financially, to do the work of the ministry at home in our Jerusalem, in this nation, and even abroad. And there are many opportunities to serve in ministry, such as being a tutor to a child, a mentor to a child. There are many opportunities being a missionary uh, to serve in prison ministry, to become a teacher in the Lord's church, an evangelist uh, in the world, to be to become a pastor, to serve the youth, to serve our elderly and seniors. To serve on meals on wheels, delivering food to the homebound. Uh, There are opportunities to serve in the nursing home, the music ministry, and the media ministry, just to name a few. There are multiplicity of ministries for all of you to serve in. However, many of you have ignored the call, take comfort in your flimsy excuses, and some of you have even fled to your own torches, which is your career. Some of you, your torches is your pleasure, living in pursuit of money. Some of you, your torches is your hobbies, such as golfing, fishing, and sporting events. Some people can't can't even come to worship God on Super Bowl Sunday because they're at home in their torches. Beware, Shamu may swallow you up. I remember so vividly when I was called to preach the glorious gospel of Christ at the age of 18. And like Jonah, I ran from the call of God upon my life. I did not want to be called a preacher. I did not want to be called reverend. And I thought I was just too young for all of that. Therefore, I went to Texas Southern University, majored in music, and prepared for my career. Little did I know that God was using this very thing I ran from to shape my ministry and ultimately prepare me for what he wanted me to do. As a voice major and stage performer, I had to learn singing in foreign languages. It was in the music field I learned stage decorum, proper breathing techniques for singers, English, interacting with an audience, etiquette, memorized music for vocal competitions, and traveled internationally with the TSU, Texas Southern University Concert Choir and Opera Workshop, all of which unknowingly prepared me to be the preacher that God was calling me to be.
1: There are so many distractions that keep us from hearing the voice of God. As Christians, we work for the cause of Christ because we are saved, and that's good. We must consider, however, that we might be so busy working that we don't prioritize the need to develop a personal relationship with our Savior. Satan is skilled at creating distractions that hinder our desire to seek and grow in our relationship with God who is on our side and desires that we have a personal relationship with Him. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. While I was in rebellion against the Lord, I felt a weight on
2: me. It was a weight that I can't even describe. It was a, a, a pressure on me because I was resisting the call of God. Nothing could totally satisfy. I was inwardly miserable and thought I was going to eventually die and stand before the Lord, seeing him greatly disappointed in me because of my lack of obedience to surrender to the call to preach the gospel of Christ. I ran and I ran and I ran from the call. I ran from the responsibility like Jonah. I was in rebellion against almighty God. Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 through 20 says go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. Beloved like Jonah are you in rebellion against God this morning. If so, you can save yourself a whole lot of trouble and surrender to him today and watch him bless you and do great things in your life. If you would only surrender and say, here I am, God, use my hands to serve you, use my eyes, use my feet. Father, I'm here. I'm yours. It's not about me anymore. It's not about my way anymore. I give up my rights. Here I am am. Take me as I am. Mold me, make me. It's no longer about me. It's about you, God. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Let's transition. What were the sins of Nineveh that would incur God's judgment? What were the sins of Nineveh that would Incur God's judgment. A, Nineveh was a violent uh, city, cruel. They were a wicked people. I know that because of Jonah chapter one verse two, which says, "Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it." Jonah, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Nineveh was a wicked, wretched city. B, what were the sins of Nineveh that would incur God's judgment? B, Nineveh was full of lies, thievery, and deceit. And we see that all over the news. Just lie, 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 lie. Politicians, lie, 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 lie. People in your life can look at you and tell us a crooked straight lie. Some spouses can look at their spouse and lie. I didn't didn't do that. I'm clean. Uh, uh, I don't know where that herpes came from. You know where it came from. Just lying. Y'all laughing because it's true. Nineveh was full of lies. Nineveh was full of thievery. And Nineveh was full of deceit. Nahum chapter 3 verse 1 says, Whoa! to the bloody city. They had no regard for life. They kill and could go and eat and take comfort in themselves. It is all full of lies and robbery. Its victims never depart. See, what were the sins of Nineveh that would incur God's judgment? Nineveh was guilty of false worship and also engaged in witchcraft and the occult. And we see much of that today in America. Witches and warlocks and all these things. Nahum chapter three, verse four says, because of the multitude of holotries of the seductive harlots, the mistress of sorceries, who sells nations through her holotries and families through her sorceries. Beloved, God is holy. I submit to you today, i say it again. God is holy and does not change. The same God who judged Nineveh will also judge America because the sins of Nineveh are so prevalent in our nation today. Yes, the Ninevites were were an immoral people, but the immorality in America today rivals that of Nineveh. For example, in June 2015, the Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage, which gives same-sex couples the fundamental right to marry on the same terms and conditions as heterosexual couples with all the accompanying rights and privileges. Yes, America is wicked. Evil can, can, evil can be seen in bathroom laws today that were recently passed allowing men or women to use the bathroom or dressing room of the opposite sex if they identify with that gender. Unrighteousness can be seen in California where people can now be sent to prison for using the wrong gender pronoun After the governor signed a bill that criminalizes people who refer to someone as he when they prefer to be referred to as she. America is wretched and wicked. Where are the voices of the prophets today? Where are the people that are standing and say you need to repent Wickedness is revealed in the recently passed barbaric abortion law in the state of New York called the Reproductive Health Act, which approved a strong new legal protection for abortion rights. This measure will make late-term third trimester, including up to birth, abortions legal at the discretion of a health care practitioner based on the viability of the fetus, or if the woman's life or or health is in danger. The law also removes protection for babies who survive the abortion procedure, meaning they could be left to die after birth, which is infanticide and murder, killing of babies. The new law codifies the fundamental right to abortion in the New York Constitution in case Roe versus Wade were to be overturned by the Supreme Court. According to the New York State Department of Health, 285,125 induced abortions occurred in the state of New York between 2012 and 2014. The average number of live births for the same three years live births, I said, for the same three years was 237,499. Tragically, the number reflects the fact that there were more babies being killed in New York than being born. Nine of the states, including California, Washington, and Oregon, have also put protections for abortion rights in their state statutes to preserve legal access to states if Roe versus Wade is overturned. In addition, listen at this, people can show a great deal of care and compassion for a pregnant cow or other animals, but not show the same level of care and compassion for a human baby created in the image of God. A New Jersey state assemblyman has introduced a bill that would make it illegal to transport, sell, or slaughter a pregnant cow. The bill is called Brianna's Law, named after a cow that escaped from a transport truck which was on its way to a slaughterhouse. The cow later gave birth and both she and her calf or at an animal sanctuary and census counting, you mean you got a sanctuary for a cow and don't have sanctuary for a baby? Indeed, the wickedness in America today rivals that of Nineveh. I repeat again: the wickedness of America today rivals that of Nineveh. And Christians are still eating rice and gravy and pork chops. And we are unconcerned about what's going on in our society. You got evil to the left, evil to the right, evil to the front and evil to the back. We need some real Christians that will stand up and call sin, sin. I mean, when are you going to get sick of sin? I mean, when you get sick of sin, you'll start talking about what God is going to do if we don't repent instead of what the football players are going to do. We need a word from the Lord. We need more John the Baptist standing up tall and flat footed and say, repent. Black folk need to repent. White folk need to repent. Asians and Hispanics and all uh, whatever you are, you don't know what you are, you need to repent. As a nation, we have experienced hurricanes. As a nation, we've experienced floods and fires. As a nation, we've experienced tornadoes and earthquakes in Alaska, record-breaking, unprecedented cold in the winter, and record-breaking heat in the summer. Not to mention the mass shootings in schools, the mass shooting in churches, the mass shooting in synagogues, the mass shooting in restaurants and businesses, my friends. Perhaps these natural disasters and the increase of domestic terrorism that are coming upon America with such frequency are signs of God's impending judgment upon us. Like Nineveh, we need to repent and return to God. America has become the modern day Nineveh and is ripe for destruction by Almighty God unless we repent. We need some men, women, boys, and girls that will stand in the gap if you got to stand by yourself. you got to learn to say yes to Jesus and no to sin. And you don't do what everybody is, is doing because, listen, if they reject you, God is for you, and when God is for you, he's more than the whole world against you. Do I have a witness out there? Stand your ground. Pull your head up and don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to fight for the sake of our children. We have to fight for the sake of our grandchildren. We have to fight for the sake of our great grandchildren. And if we don't fight, what hope have they in the future? Look at verse three. Jonah's rebellion. Verse three says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. I got something I want to say about verse three. My friend, it is a dangerous thing when you willfully defy God's instructions and rebel against God. Jonah's disobedience caused him to leave both his home and his country. He really thought he was getting away. He fled to Joppa. Listen, he, he fled to Joppa on a ship to, to, to Tarshish, which is modern day Spain. Verse 3a says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He arose and he fled. I wish we would flee from sin like he like he fled from God. Verse three says, so he paid." Underline that. So he paid the fare. You underline that. I'm going somewhere with this. So he paid the fare. So Jonah took out his money and paid to sin against God. Now, you know you're you're a rascal. You know you're a renegade. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pay to get out of your way, God. Jonah was so bold in his rebellion until he paid to go in the opposite direction. In other words, he was attempting, you know I said attempting, to run away from the call of God upon his life. Now, you know Jonah was a renegade prophet When he paid the fact to rebel against God to go to Tarshish. Little did Jonah know that he was not going to get his way because God saw to it that he was not going to Tarshish. Y'all hanging with me? Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way which seems right to a man. Tarshish seemed right to him. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Jonah's rebellion caused him to lose precious time. Jonah's rebellion caused him to lose his money. And if it weren't for the grace of God, Jonah would have lost his life. When Donald Gray Bornhouse, that great preacher of God, preached on Jonah He said, and I quote, it is always that way. When you run away from the Lord, you never get to where you're going. And you always pay your own fare. On the other hand, when you go the Lord's way, you always get where you're going. And God pays the fare.
1: The greatest gift anyone could ever receive has already been given. Jesus paid the price in full. He loves us so much that he desires a personal relationship with all who surrender all to him. We have direct access to our Lord and Savior through the indwelling Holy Spirit. We owe him everything, yet the gift of salvation is free. Don't waste one more second.